Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first inaugural Golf Strong podcast. This is a super exciting day for both Tim and I. So uh, I'm going to let him introduce himself. We'll talk a little bit about uh, what this Golf Strong project is and what this podcast is going to be about. Uh, and then we're going to have a little little discussion on where golf performance was, is, and where it's going and how we're going to uh, change the game a little bit. So please introduce yourself. Mr. Dr. Tim Ravoto. My pleasure. Welcome. Excited to be here. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm Tim Ravoto. I'm a physical therapist up here in Boston, Mass., uh, born and raised up here. And I recently opened up a golf-centered uh, physical therapy and performance business, I guess you would call it, practice. Um, I have been playing golf since I was young. I learned, you know, the typical junior golf growing up on a on a country club and had the privilege of playing there uh, with a course five minutes down the road and took the usual gap in high school, high school sports, basketball, running, playing tennis, um, ran a little bit of uh, cross country, track and field distance stuff in college and then got out of college and found golf again, trying to be just competitive, have fun with the friends and do that sort of thing. So uh, after school, went, went down to the University of Richmond, uh, came back up to Boston, got my doctorate in physical therapy here uh, at the MGH Institute. And then since then kind of bounced around. So I've, I've worked in a hospital, worked in an outpatient uh, physical therapy practice, kind of your normal, you know, people get injured, come in, see you do some exercise and then uh, send them back out into the world. Uh, and now doing the private thing, just seeing my own people, mostly golfers and really just uh, as we've talked about forming this golf strong podcast and, and golf strong project, just trying to help make training normal with golfers. Cause I think we see a lot of people, I see a lot of people at least that play golf in, as their primary means of exercise. So I, I'm trying to help golfers figure out, you know, stuff they can do in the gym during the week to be healthier, be less pain in less pain and just move better, play better golf. It's going to be really annoying to think that there's going to be two New England guys on a podcast. Now a lot of, uh, well, you're not a mass hole, but I've got a lot of mass hole energy. So no, <laughs> no, us from Maine are called maniacs. So yes, maniac mass hole energy. I don't think the world, the world might not be ready for that. Uh, but yes, so that ties into who the hell am I? Uh, I am from the great state of Maine, as I just said, just outside of Portland, Maine is where I call home. Grew up in a small town called Wyndham, Maine. Beautiful little, I don't want to call it Nowheresville, but Maine is. I went to a football camp once and people didn't know that Maine was a state. So I don't know if that's more telling about the state of Maine or the state of education in the country, but that's a topic for a, for a different, different day. Um, much like Tim played every sport in high school, played football, played basketball, played baseball, ran track and field, uh, did the whole bit and, you know, loved it and uh, ended up playing college football. I went to Wesleyan university and played college football up in Middletown, Connecticut. Shout out to the NESCAC for any people that may watch this. Um, after that, my uh, my decision was that I wanted to go to PT school. You know, just like Tim, been involved in sports, been involved around people with injuries, and 
one of the natural things that you do is you're like, yeah, I'll go to PT school. Sounds fun. Um, so I decided to go to PT school. I went to the University of St. Augustine down in St. Augustine, Florida. Uh, that is where I now live. Is actually just north of that in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, now I actually work inside of Sawgrass Country Club, which is across the street from TPC Sawgrass. And I'm a physical therapist over there. And just like Tim, I run performance coaching platform for golfers. So, you know, we kind of got into this for a lot of reasons, but I didn't pick up golf until, I don't think I've told you this, uh, till 20, it was grad school. I think it was like 2017 or 2016. The guy that I was living with at the time, awesome dude, dentist, let me live at his house. He was a G. Had a spare set of golf clubs downstairs, and my boys were like, "Hey, why don't we go play golf?" I'm like, I've never played golf. I don't even know what what is golf. What is this peasant sport you speak of? <laughs> Watch and, yourself. Uh, Watch we, yourself. We, hey, I can't say. I mean, it is what it is. <laughs> so we went out and played, and I loved it. Um, but I never really played it. I mean, I've competed in you know football. Obviously, I competed in powerlifting. I've competed in weightlifting. I have a pretty extensive. Um, performance career, I guess, if you want to call it that. Um, I've owned a training company since 2010. So I've worked with athletes in every field and every realm from young to old and golf kind of came in late, but Tim and I actually connected through um, a business venture separate of this, a business coaching venture that we were both in. Uh, and we started talking about some of the issues that we've had and some of the loopholes or the diff the things we don't like about the golf world, specifically as it pertains to performance. And we kind of got talking and, you know, one day I sent him a message and he sent me back those big googly eyes like, hey, do you want to do something cool? And we just decided we were, and that's that's really where we are now. So this Golf Strong project, as we've called it so far, uh, and this podcast is really going to be aimed at giving you golfers that watch this, the right information, research-based information and understanding how to get around the gimmicks and the nonsense. This is going to be about how to get stronger, how to eat well, um, the performance parameters for golfers, you know, how much endurance do you need? And then we're going to dive into stuff like pain. We're going to talk about, hey, you've got a rotator cuff tear. Can you play golf? You've got arthritis. What does that mean? You know, we're going to go from all things rehab and performance. And that's going to be what this really discusses because, you know, we're ready to change the game and really give people the right information. So, uh, Tim, I don't know if you have any more to elaborate on that, but, you know, let the people know. Yeah, no, I think the only thing to add is we I think we also plan to just bring a little bit of a of a mindset angle and just general lifestyle angle where, you know, I think I think golf is a game that really mimics life more than any other. You know, there, there's the struggle, there are the ups and downs. You've got to deal with some adversity out there. And um, so I think we're we're also going to talk a little bit about, you know, just how to be a better person, better husband, better, um, you know, father, um, you know, just better in your in all your relationships off the golf course as well. Amen to all to all of the above. Yeah, the goal of this is really to give all of you a. I'll call it a holistic view, but uh, a complete package of not only what it takes to be great on and off the golf course, but uh, in life. Not that Tim and I are experts in any of these things, but 
Uh, we work with people every day. We're involved in rehab and strength training and seeing people go from the bottom of the bottom uh, to the top of the top. <laughs> trying to rap. <laughs> me and Jay-Z are about to get, get a new album. Give me a call, Hova. Uh, all right. So, Tim, what are we talking about for episode one? Yeah, so today I think we're going to just kind of lay the foundation for where golf performance or we've talked a little bit about this, but golf fitness as it's referred to commonly, which I think I can speak for both of us when I say not not a great term or a term that we're, we're fans of, uh, but where, you know, training and exercise and golf performance has come from, where it started, uh, where it currently is. And then, you know, where we see it going in the future to optimize everything that you just mentioned as far as performance on the golf course and off. Yeah. Yeah. So let's let's start with a little bit of kind of some history of golf performance is where we'll start kind of where we've come from. So in terms of sports, golf seems to kind of be the last guy in line for performance training to really come. Um, I mean, shoot, you've got like curling in the Olympics and throwing darts and these people have like very specific training regiments. And I remember looking up a YouTube video of like curling workouts and they're like getting after it in the gym. Um, <laughs> golfers aren't doing this. What, what the hell's going on? So, you know, historically it wasn't really pushed to get in the weight room. You know, you've got football, you've got basketball, you've got even a lot of those sports, a huge push to get in the gym. Um, obviously, we can all think back to Michael Jordan when they were like, you were working out the same day you went and played ball. That's pretty awesome. And all of a sudden, we've seen this huge, not that he was the spur, but a, I mean, no different than Tiger Woods. He enters the scene and all of a sudden, you know, working out thing. But we never really had that in the past. People never pushed it. It was this kind of, there might be one trailer at, the course and somebody might be in there with a glass of scotch, a cigarette and talking about how they're going to go to the first tee and, and have themselves a good time today. It just wasn't the performance side of golf wasn't really there. Um, and you could argue that some of that is similar to how we change the swing over time. So if you look at the history of kind of golf swings, it was, Hey, that guy's successful. They're winning. What are they doing with their swing? Let's emulate that and just push it forward. And so that we didn't have all this 3D data and force plates and all of the craziness that we have today. It just wasn't pushed. It wasn't as big of a deal. So nobody really cared about it. And so historically, it just wasn't, it wasn't a big deal. And now today, obviously that has changed. But if we think on the past, a lot of it was just, well, you know, we don't want to affect your swing. If we hurt your swing, that's bad. And then that's changed to some worse things today that we'll talk about. But, you know, Tim, do you feel like there's there's more beyond the fact that it just didn't exist? Is there was there a stigma around that historically? Yeah, I mean, I think that that pretty much covers it with a with a broad brush. You know, you have one of the pictures I love is uh, it's definitely Arnold Palmer. I can't remember who he's standing next. It might. I can't, I can't exactly remember who it is. It might be Ben Hogan, but they're both standing on the tee box waiting to tee off and they're, you know, smoking a cigarette just out there having a good time. Um, and now you see, you know, in the pre pre round coverage guys 
in the gym working out together and talking to each other over deadlifts and things like that. So, um, I think back then, yeah, it just wasn't, wasn't known. You had, you had Gary player was doing some of that stuff, right? He, he always, but he still did golf specific stuff. He always has swung, you know, he said since he's a right-handed player, he's going to take a thousand swings left-handed every day to balance out his spine, whatever that means. Right. Um, and then you've got, you know, you've got guys like Greg Norman who have, who have always kept themselves in good shape through like the 80s yeah. and the 90s. Yeah. Um, Jack Nicholas even was doing a little bit of uh, exercise in like the mid 80s. And and I, I know guys like Johnny Miller were kind of looking at Jack like, why the hell are you doing that stuff? Um, right. But yeah, I think I think back then it was a little bit of a stigma, you know, where they would they were nervous of gaining gaining weight and that impacting their, you know, flexibility, their mobility, that sort of thing. They were worried about, you know, hurting themselves in the gym and not being able to play because, you know, if we're being realistic, these guys back in the seventies and eighties didn't make a ton of money, right? They, they were playing for nowhere near what they make today. You know, they would, they would probably die on the spot if they knew, you know, you could win the U S open and make $2.2 million. Um, So, you know, yeah, just, I I just think there was a lot of fear around it. And, and like you said, you know, the, the technique similar to kind of the rehab world, the technique based and swing based coaching has always been the, well, you know, Arnold Palmer does this move in his downswing. So you should too, if you want to be a good golfer and, or this is Ben Hogan taught me how to play the game and he always harped on these three things. So you've got to do these three things no matter what. Um, they smoked a pack a day. I got to smoke a pack a day. <laughs> Precisely. That's all, that's all there is to it. So I guess that kind of, you know, it begs the question of, you know, it's actually, you know what, a point I want to bring up. Do you ever see those pictures of the cyclists that were smoking? I don't know if it's like the Tour de France or it's like that old picture, but it's people cycling and they all have cigarettes in their mouth. No. It's like the 40s or 50s, but it's just like this picture of these guys smoking cigs all on their bicycles. Like it was just such a normal part of culture at the time that those things were around, you know, nobody, like you talked about people cared about fitness, but they didn't really care about fitness. It was just one of those things where, you know, yeah, I go to the gym and maybe I try to look good and that's about it. You know, now to, I mean, look at the difference between Phil Mickelson a few years ago to today, even look at today, look at Greg Norman. Mm-hmm. He's absolutely. He's a pretty yoked dude. You know, Gary Player looks the best of that whole crew right now. You know, even if their exercises were in an ill-advised direction, you could say they were still moving. They were still doing things. And so, obviously, the game has changed now. Um, so let's talk a little bit about where golf performance is today. You know, what what has been the biggest changes you think about where we went from? You know, golf performance, lifting who gives a shit to where we are today where that has changed pretty drastically. You've got guys like Rory and Justin Thomas getting after it in the weight room, Justin Thomas. I mean, you've got, you've got people that are really working on, they're in the gym a lot and that's a big part of their year and their nutrition is important. You've got that picture like Rory, is it Rory and Becca that both have like a banana in their hand? Yeah, exactly. Bottle of water and a banana. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So where where are we today? What is what is the 
place of performance in the golf world today? Yes, I think the, you know, Tiger definitely moved things along. And then I think with his success, people went from their old school mind of, all right, well, Tiger's doing it. I got to do something. And I think we're, you know, where we find ourselves now is pretty much with the Titleist Performance Institute, right? So if you look at the top 50 golfers on the world ranking, right around 40 of them work with some sort of a Titleist Performance Institute certified either trainer or chiropractor or physical therapist, right? They've kind of really, yeah, they, they've really take, taken over the industry, but I wouldn't even say taken over. They've pretty much established the golf training industry as we know it right now for better or for worse. We can get into that later. Um, but that's, that's basically what it is. And they, they started back in 2003 with, um, you know, Greg Rose, who's a chiropractor by trade. And, uh, you know, I've, I've gone through two levels of their training. So I've, they've got good stuff. They've got bad stuff, but essentially he started it out as I love golf. I'm a chiropractor. How do I spend the most time with golfers and the most time out on the golf course? And, so he established, you know, uh, this movement screen and started working with the 3D, 3D analytics and paired himself up with uh, Dave Phillips, who's one of the, the leading swing coaches these days. He's John Rahm's coach um, and worked with John Rahm since he was, I think, 16, 15 or 16. So, you know, they, they are kind of the gold standard, I would say, uh, in the golf fitness world. Do you see any, any other... Lead, like leading parties or, or companies in in that space? No. no, I think there's a lot of people that have gotten into the space, um, which I think is kind of a, a part of the issue that we see today. So just like anything else, there's very few good voices and there's a lot of bad actors, just like anything else, just like any other sport. You know, there's plenty of people that are going to, I mean, we, we in the rehab world, we see so much crap just stuff that doesn't work stuff that has no research behind it stuff that's honestly people are just scamming you for your money for stuff that has no proof of working and unfortunately that's made that's makes its way into every industry and golf's no different so one of the things that we've seen historically and still today is the fact that good golf performance has to look like the golf swing and so we see all of these different things where you're holding a heavy dumbbell and swinging it like you'd swing your golf club. You know, you're seeing people do certain medicine ball. I mean, the biggest thing, which I posted about today and tagged you in, is the stability ball training or the BOSU ball training or being on unstable surfaces and using all of that. Like it's for some reason, the golf world has wrapped its head around the fact that if an, exer an exercise doesn't just have hard, it needs to be complex and hard. And right. that to them makes it seem like, oh, this is going to transfer the best. I see people in the gym at the clinic I'm at all the time doing these random golf exercises that they see on Golf Digest. I mean, not too long ago, was on the front of Golf Digest, like standing on top of a BOSU ball or something? Yeah, it was doing, yeah, I think it was doing squats on a BOSU ball or on, yeah, on a BOSU ball and shoulder presses at the same time. So it's got to be better because you're working, yeah, you're working four things at the same time, right? So it's got to be good. 
Yeah, it's it's really amazing. But that's kind of, you know, there's there is a lot of good info out there today. And, you know, on this podcast, not this one, but more in the future, we're going to talk a lot about what the key tenants are for golfers, you know, how to address power, how to address strength, what your mobility should look like and get away from the gimmicky stuff. So as you can probably tell, there is of no use to you doing nonsense on surfaces. No, your training does not have to look like the golf swing. It's not how all this stuff works. And so that is still really a prevailing idea today. I think there are a good small group of training coaches, PTs, healthcare providers that are really starting to try and change that game, you know, including the two of us. That's why we started this was to really do or give out more good information. But that's one of the other things that's a trick is the data aspect. We have so much data today. We've got 3D analytics. We've got force plates. We've got biomechanical things showing how much you're twisting and rotating. And everything is so specific. I mean, we're looking at the golf swing alone and, okay, well, you're 15 degrees too open here and you're rotating it. I mean, it's just so it's just information overload. And sometimes that can be bad. And I think in the case of golf, oftentimes it is. I mean, I see guys every week who are just talking about, oh, well, I made another tweak to my swing and I'm working on it this week. And I made another tweak to my swing and I'm doing it this week. And, you know, I'm working on this in the gym so that I can fix my slice. And it's just this never ending thing. And you're not actually working in a positive direction. Like you fix something and then you go break something else. And then you work on this new exercise. There's just no, the golf course are able to be separate. And right now I'm seeing them intermingle too much. And there's just too much crap in the world that people are looking at and seeing going, oh, I have to do that to be better at golf. So as much as we've made progress and we have good info and good research today, even though the golf world is still lacking, we're still kind of killing ourselves with too much data. And so, you know, I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but it just seems like there's so much junk available for people now. Yeah, there's a lot of complicated stuff. And then there's a lot of, uh, I, I guess you'd call it just maybe eight, like ADD, like gym ADD, where every time you're going yeah. into the gym, you're doing something different. And then in this yeah. week, I have a new exercise. And next week, I have this new exercise. So you never quite get the amount of time, the focus, the practice to actually make improvements in certain areas, you know. Like, I think the, the thing we hear from golfers most is, oh, my hips or my hamstrings are tight. Well, <laughs> have, have you spent, a, you know, have you actually dedicated time and by time talking like three to six months to address that? Right. Or are you just one day a week you do something or five minutes before your round, you're trying to do something to loosen up? You know, that's that's just not going to cut it. So I think the complex side of things is one and then the just the fluttering from exercise to exercise is another. So I know we'll get into that later on as far as how to get stronger, how to get more powerful, how to get more flexible. Um, but I'd say that's the other big thing is just so much information that people try to address all at once. It's like, yeah, you just need that focus, man. What's your goal for this next three weeks or next four weeks? And let's really get after it. And then let's go for something else once that's established. Well, never mind the continuing existence that people are, if I work out, you know, I don't, I don't want to bend over because it's going to hurt my back. You know, we'll probably devote an entire podcast just to talking about that. But there still is a lot of that misinformation about what the gym does for performance. 
you know, the fact that, hey, you can do a hinge, AKA some kind of deadlift variation. And that's for you to do. You should do something like that versus I don't want to do that. It's going to hurt my back. And if I hurt my back, I can't play golf. And we just, we still have so much of that misconception in the world about what training actually does, the safety of training and how to actually make it work for you. So, you know, like we had just talked about, although we have made great strides from we weren't doing any exercise to now we've at least got people doing stuff. The problem is, is that we're doing a lot of useful or useless stuff and it's really not very focused. There's just, there's just too much information and people don't know what to do with it. And so let's kind of get ready here or let's talk about what the future of that looks like. Let's really kind of dive into what do we want golf performance to look like in 10 years, five years for that matter, because it's making changes all the time. But I know that we have a vision for what we would like it to be. Um, but kind of if you, in five years, wave a magic wand, what does the golf performance industry look like? That's a big question. Big, big Cheers. question. So I think ideally it looks like, you know, if you walk into a college football training session, for example, and you see barbells out, dumbbells out, you see guys, um, you know, with either, I don't know even what they use these days. When I was in high school and college, we had like the paper chart and we were going through our list and, you had the next six weeks planned out and you're, you're looking at, okay, I squatted 150 last week. So this week I'm going to try to get 160, you know, and you're, you're tracking your results week to week. You're doing some sort of, um, you know, periodized program where you're, you know, in your off season, you're doing a certain focus and in season in the golf season where you're maybe playing three or four times a week, you're doing something else. Um, I think that, that would be the ideal, you know, that would less, be awesome. less bands, less physio balls, less <laughs> Bosu balls, <laughs> less crazy, just, uh, jumping around to jump around, um, yeah. and yeah. just more I mean, you, Well, let's think of it like this. You just mentioned other sports, right? So football, I played football in college, um, and obviously in high school, same thing. We had specific things that we were doing and they were designed for us. It was for football players. It was for basketball players. Um, so at the very least today, at least we have some coaches doing programming. Now you have all these different things that you can go to and program for, but now it's, it needs to become more mainstream. Like I think of it with high school athletes. These kids come in the gym and they just have no aim. They have no idea where they're going, you know, unless your high school has a good strength coach or it's like a big private school that has a strength coach. You just don't know what you're supposed to be doing. But every other sport, those kids are getting training ASAP, like beginning. I mean, when I was, you know, 10, 12 years old, like I went and saw a trainer and we were working on speed and agility for football. And it was that was just like a part of life. I don't see youth golf athletes doing that. I would love to see a bigger investment in youth performance, youth resistance training, which has always had this weird stigma around it, which I'm sure at some point will break down. But like kids need to learn how to lift, move their bodies, go through different positions and understand that is safe and efficacious. Um, but I agree. I, I want to see it with where people have their program and know what they're doing. And beyond that, I would love, <laughs> we're going to, we're going to go on a rant here. I would love to see the word fitness taken 
away from golf. It's not football fitness. It's not basketball fitness. It's not I'm tennis fit. You're athletes. You're at, golfers are athletes too, right? I'm gonna I'm gonna go bring the stakes to the front of the Masters or something, and just golfers are athletes too. I'm just gonna be hooting and hollering. But it's true. Your golfers are athletes. You are power athletes. The greatest comparison you can make is between track and field athletes and field athletes and golfers. Throwing a shot pit, throwing a javelin, high jumping, sprinting. Golfers are power athletes. You're producing a super fast swing every few minutes, right? No different than a lot of these track and field athletes, right? You're a power athlete. You are an athlete and you need to train as such. It would be, it'd be crazy to us to think that, hey, you're going to get better at throwing the shot put by never going to the gym and only throwing the shot put. Sure. Could you get better at it? Yeah, you could. But are you really building the best physical body you can? You know, are you the most, are you the strongest? Are you developing power outside it? Are you doing other movements that may help mitigate some injuries? It's just, it would be so silly for us to think that. It's like, yeah, I'm going to the Olympics, but I don't really train. You don't really see many of those people. You know, the guy that we just saw, guy from Boring, Oregon, who just broke the world record by what, eight inches? Oh, yeah. In the shot. Huge. Monster. Like that is six miles in any, that, that's like the <laughs> one mile record being broken by like a minute. Like it's just an outrageous change. But that guy trains all year round. He's in the weight room. He's recovering, right? Golf, for some reason, we just haven't gotten there yet. And I want to see it where golfers are getting in the gym as a way to augment what they do on the course, right? And we're going to talk at some point too about practice and what that looks like, because I think practice in the golf world is completely misunderstood. Banging a hundred balls at the golf range, which you and I see all the time is a waste of time. You're not doing anything for the most part, unless you're a complete novice for your golf game. And so I want to see the world of golf performance look like other sports, but even better where we're following what the research says. We're doing what's in the best interest of the golfer and we get rid of the gimmicks. I'm, I'm big on the gimmicks. Bother me. I'm, I'm me done too, ranting. I went on my, I went on my rant. No, I, I couldn't agree more. I think uh, my favorite quote uh, from Patrick Reed, who I'm not a huge fan of, but it's okay. He's a great golfer. He's, he's said multiple times on the record that when asked, you know, hey, do you, you know, a lot of these guys are in the gym. Are you in the gym these days? And he says, no, I've never set foot in the gym because you can't wear cowboy boots in there. You know, and that's, I think that's, he's, he's in the minority now, but I, I hope one day that that's not even a consideration. It's like, of course I've been in the gym because in order to make it to this point, you ha I had to put in work and you know, to fine tune my body and work on, work on my body. You know, I'll take his bunker game any day of the week though. Uh, hey, just, that short, that short game is mint. I'll, I'll take it because my, never mind. I won't even go into my <laughs> bunker play. We'll save that for another day, but something to an important point to reach out to there or to point out there is that we cannot compare ourselves to PGA offers, right? You're talking about the best of the best, some genetic freaks in a lot of ways that have worked super hard. They've been on golf courses for a long time, right? It's, it's just a different animal, right? 
And something to also remember is that it's not just about improving what you do on the golf course. Yes, that is super important. We want you to lower your scores. We want you to hit bombs, play forever. Longevity in golf is the, is the number one thing I tell people about. I want you to play golf today, tomorrow, until you're 95. I've got a couple of patients right now that are in their 90s still playing golf, and it's just badass. They're just cool people. But also, you know, we're getting in the gym for your health. If you want to play a long time, you've got to get in the gym. You've got to be hitting at least the general physical activity guidelines. You know, 20%, I think, of the world, or maybe it's of America, one of the two, 20% are actually meeting physical activity guidelines. 20%. That's just, it's unbelievable to me. So not only do I want to see golf performance change in terms of we're optimizing the gym to perform better on the course, that's obviously great. But I want to see performance change for the general population, for the 99% of people that are amateurs who you need to optimize your life. You want to mitigate injuries. You want to get stronger. You know, the stronger you are, the less problems you tend to have mentally, physically, just in life. And so if we can get you training, get you stronger, get you mentally just with it, it makes such a difference in your life. Lower your blood pressure, you know, work on your body composition. You know, we're doing all of those things with the goal that not only can you play golf forever, but, you know, maybe you're going to optimize your life. I mean, Tim can attest to we see a lot of people that can't even get up out of a chair. You know, never mind if they fall. Right. And those are extreme examples, but you'd be amazed at how quickly people can go downhill when they just stop exercising. Right. And so I want to see the golf world as a whole, not just that small that is the PGA, which is already doing a lot of training. We just want to see the training be maybe a little bit more research based and no nonsense. But we want to see the global population of golfers, which keeps going up and up, which is awesome doing good stuff, being healthy, being stronger, playing better golf, all of that, those aren't mutually exclusive things. So five years, that's what I want to see. I want to see people getting after it. I want to see people coming and being like, hey, can you teach me how to back squat? I want to learn how to deadlift. Oh, but you're not a, you're not a dainty golfer? You're not a little, little baby dainty golfer? No, I want to be strong. I think that'll be the coolest thing to me, which I think is happening. I just... I think it can happen for good. Oh, it's definitely happening. And you, you just spurred a thought in my mind. Uh, do you guys have the red handicap cart uh, flags on the carts down, down Florida? Yeah. So we, sure we've do. got a bunch of guys at, at our course and it's pretty hilly, so I'll give it to them, but you're out playing golf, right? So you're, you're making these powerful quick swings relatively if you're, you know, eight years old. And some of these people are driving literally up to the green, five yards off the green, so that they can minimize how much they're walking. They can't walk 25 feet from the cart path to the green. They have to walk five feet from the edge to wherever their ball is. I mean, that's, I think that would be a goal of mine as well as just get rid of that crazy stuff. That's, if you can't walk 30 feet, in my opinion, you shouldn't be out there, man. You know, you gotta, you gotta take your health seriously. Yeah. Yeah. And to that end, I tell the golfers that I see that are starting to get to that point where it's like, you know, I can't walk very far. I'm like, okay, so you have two options. You keep working hard in the gym. Like we can really get you cranking. You know, maybe you're going to have to cut from three days of golf to two days of golf or maybe to one day of golf. But are we doing all the things to make sure that you are still playing? A lot of times you just see people throw in the towel 
and that bothers me. You know, I had a guy I had to convince this is a couple of months ago now. He's using a walker because he's just, his balance. He's got some neurological stuff going on, but he's on a walker. And I said, Hey, he's like, yeah, I just, I don't, I don't want to play golf. Cause I'm just, I'm cumbersome to people. And I said, have your, have the guys you play with told you that he's like, no, I just, they're always telling me that I should come play. And I'm like, so why are you stopping? It's like, well, I just, I don't want to be a drain. And I'm like, you're missing the point. When you stop moving, you start dying. So, I don't know if that was too harsh for him or not, but he got the point. He's been playing golf ever since. But the point of that is if you've got to take, if you're still trying, like you're still trying to get out there, we'll find ways for you to do it. I don't have time for people though, that are just like playing and doing nothing to optimize their lifestyle. And then being like, yeah, I'm done. Okay. That's fine. You're not trying to get healthier. You're not trying to play longer. You're not doing anything. But when I see the guy come in, who's like, Hey, I want to be off this walker. I want to go play golf again. I, and they really want to, not like the words. You hear the fake the fake words all the time because the effort's hard. But when they really come in, they're like, let's do this. It's just freaking awesome. And now they go out and play. So unless someone takes it away from you, don't. Like, keep going. 100%. 100%. Nothing better than someone, uh, you know, ditching the walker, realizing they're not a burden anymore. You know, just that's, yeah. that's what gets me up in the morning for sure. Absolutely. And we want to see that long-term. So um, to that end, I think we can probably wrap up round one of this shindig. So, you know, biggest things, biggest takeaways, golf's come a long way. Golf performance has come a long way. We've got all the analytics. We've got all the data. We've got all the bells and whistles. We have all the stuff. It's time to start making that useful and clear up the misconceptions and kind of sift through some of the bullshit that exists and clarify those things so that you can know what to do in the gym, what to do with your nutrition, what to do to recover, what to do about your injuries and your pain and what that means. We're going to have a dope ass podcast on pain. I am stoked for that. And you guys are going to love it and it's going to change your life. It's probably going to make you a little upset because we're going to say some things you're not going to like. But yeah, we might need like a cowbell or something to cut the rants, you know, like you've gone on for 10 minutes, time to stop. Yeah, we're going to need we're going to need a lot of cowbell. You know, the only answer to more cowbell is more cowbell. So um, we're going to talk about all those things. That's going to be a big part of this podcast. Uh, You know, Tim and I are, you know, we, we do the same thing. We work with the same people and we think it's time that we just be another set of mouths in the industry that are trying to really give people good information. And so, you know, obviously that's the biggest thing, you know, click the subscribe button, wherever the hell it is over here. I'm just going to point arbitrarily. It's over there. Uh, Click the bell, click for notifications. We're going to be posting up these podcasts uh, once a week for now. And then moving forward, maybe even more than that as, as Tim and I get this rolling, but be sure to follow us on social. We're always posting up crazy stuff of us golfing info on pain info on how to train uh movements you can do the works so do that make it happen this is the golf strong project and this is the first podcast tim final words that's it if you're if you're hesitant to get started on any of this i know i can speak for myself i think i can speak for you drop us a dm shoot us a message Drop a comment on the bottom of this video. We'll help you get started.
Kids, um, be strong. Play golf, people. We'll see you. Peace.